0: Social impact everywhere. Welcome back, my fellow social impactors, to another episode of the Social Impactors podcast. And today, we have another special guest for you. We have Laurel Doe. Now, she is the social innovation manager at Hollyhock, which produces a conference called the Social Venture Institute, or SVI. And that is a gathering for social entrepreneurs to come together, share challenges, and develop their skills and networks in an atmosphere of trust and goodwill. So, Laurel, I just want to start this podcast off, like I do always, by saying a big thank you for being with me here today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Avery.
0: Yeah. So let's jump right into the first question. We talked off, uh, you know, offline before, and I love what you're doing. Um, Maybe we can talk about the improv you did before. But first, let's (laughs) talk about uh, just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you believe you're a social impactor.
1: Sure. Um, Well, who I am? Gosh, I'm. It's become more and more clear to me how much I'm a dot connector. I'm very fortunate in my work that I meet dozens of people a week uh, who are all doing work that I believe in, and I find myself spending (laughs) a solid afternoon every week connecting people who I've met who I think can support one another. So that's a little bit about who I am. Uh, What I do, again, you introduced it so well, I produce a conference called Social Venture Institute. It's a conference that's actually been running for 25 years, if you can believe it. It was initially started as a place uh, for business leaders to come together who were values-driven, people who really cared about the impact they were making on the world, people who were thinking sus- about sustainability long before uh, you know the writing has been on the wall as it is today, and people who were thinking about how their work would impact their community. You know, entrepreneurship can be a really lonely space. You're, you're hustling, you're working on your own all the time. It's exhausting. Social entrepreneurship can be even more isolating because when you spend time with more traditional business leaders, they don't always understand you. Um, and so what I love about SVI is that it's a place for all these people who are working on the margins, being a little unusual to come together and just be starting from the same page.
0: So tell me, how has Svi? Because you said it's been going for twenty years, which is phenomenal. That that's incredible for uh, twenty five years. Twenty five years. Sorry, it's a, a conference. quarter oh, of a century. Yeah. yeah, it's older than I am. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> but tell me how it's changed over the last twenty, you know, twenty five years. What has really changed? What has become, you know, uh, at the forefront of what it is? Just tell me a little bit more about Svi.
1: What a great question uh, about how it's changed. It's interesting. I actually stepped into this role. Um, a little less than a year ago. So I've got a one year history under my belt. One way that it's changed is that it's expanded. Um, So for many years, it was just run on Cortez Island, which is where Hollyhock has a beautiful retreat center. Um, As a person coming from Ontario, I can't quite believe uh, the setting in which I get to do a lot of my work. Um, And so today, SVI is now offered in four regions. So in addition to Cortez Island, it's offered um, just outside of San Francisco with a version for women. It's offered in Vancouver and it's offered in Banff. So the kind of emerging Alberta social entrepreneurship scene is, is growing more and more. Another way that I would say that it's changed is it's becoming more and more equitable. Um, traditionally in business, we know that there's been a certain type of folks who have been um, at the forefront in the space, uh, namely white men. And what I'm seeing more uh, with SBI, at least in the past year that I've been working is really putting people of color, people who may be gender non-binary, people in the fringes more, at the f- more on stage um, and seeing how everyone has something to learn from them.
0: Mm, Okay. No, that's, that, that's incredible. And the, the equitable part is so important. And I, I, there's been guests on the show before that have talked about this, but not only is that, that thought process, but that action of making business more equitable, equitable, uh, better for the world. It's actually better for business. <laughs> it makes yes. more money. It's, it brings more people to the table. You can qualify, uh, you know, clients better. You can be better for your clients. It's just better all around.
1: And I think important to note, better for investors, Um, you know, in my previous role, I was working at an organization called Female Funders, which trains women to be angel investors. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but in Canada, only 14% of angel investors uh, are women. These are the people who are investing in startup, like, you know, early stage companies. That's such a small percentage of people who are investing who are women. It's crazy. And even um, at the venture capital stage, uh, I think it's 14 or 20% of venture partners are women. So, And, and the numbers are even lower for uh, people of color and women of color. So when you think about who's on that investor side of the table, that really impacts who's receiving the funds. That said, when investors are diversifying their investments, they're seeing much higher returns.
0: Yeah. And, and the unfortunate part is, is I'm not surprised by that statistic, right? That's the really unfortunate part here is that, uh, it should be a surprise to me, but it's not right. And I do like to see that that's changing. I like to see that, you know, there is more representation at the table from all groups of, uh, of, uh, of people, but, um, it's good to hear that things are changing, right? And every guest that I've had on is said in some way, shape, or form that it is. And one of the most interesting uh, uh, topics I heard was a gentleman who was at the uh, uh, UN, um, I don't remember, it was the, one of the largest UN conferences they have, and they were talking about business, right? And the secondary topic to, to just straight business, straight profit was, how do we build social impact in the world? That was the second largest topic they talked about across the world with, with people. Yeah. Like, that's
1: incredible. And and you're seeing in in Vancouver, at least I'm seeing so many new impact funds popping up um, and the government of Canada is supporting this. And, you know, uh, great organizations like the McConnell Foundation are putting money into impact funds so that we're seeing more social impact uh, companies get get going and, and have the funds that they need to grow.
0: Yeah. No, I, I absolutely love that. Let's jump into the second question, because the second question I think dovetails really nice with this conversation we're having about social impact and you know what we're doing, uh, what everyone's trying to do to build a more equitable world. But how are you then, with everything you've done, making a positive impact in your community?
1: For me, it's it's, it's through my, it's through my work. I'm, I'm so fortunate that my day job is a purpose-driven, um, purpose-driven lifestyle. Um, the impact that I would say that I'm having, and again, it's more really that SVI is having, and I'm just kind of supporting that platform is creating a space where impact-driven leaders can come together and share their challenges svi is very much based in show up with your challenge share openly about what it is be vulnerable get feedback get advice be generous um, and the confidence that comes from connecting with others who are sharing the same challenge that you are um, it's it's truly the the how i and SBI are making a positive impact is connecting people helping them solve challenges and helping them to realize they're not alone
0: yeah that that idea of, of being alone is is a hard one to get rid of sometimes. again, you, you talked about this already, but in entrepreneurship especially it's it can be quite a overwhelming feeling, and sometimes the action of it is that there is no one around, but it, it's a lot harder to think of all the people you have supporting you just in general versus actually physically with you right there, right? The support's always there it's just It's really hard to see that sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's another thing that's beautiful about SBI is that following the conference itself, you know, you're an SBI, an SBI or for life, if you will, we've got um, an online community, someone will put out a question like, hey, I need an immigration lawyer. Hey, does anyone have recommendation about, is it a conflict of interest for me to be on the board of this organization? And people get like, you know, at least eight responses right away of really thoughtful feedback. It's like, all of a sudden you've got this huge community of advisors. And again, the conference has been running for 25 years. So there's over 3000 people in the network.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I still can't believe it's been 25 years. There's not a lot of conferences that have that kind of longevity and, and that, that, that sort of impact they make.
1: I know. And I always feel weird calling it a conference because it is, it is the least conferency place. Like, you know, you go to a conference and you 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 like share your elevator pitch with someone for forty five seconds. You exchange business cards and you walk away, and you're like, "Who the hell did I just meet?" You? I
0: hate those conferences. <laughs> it's
1: it's just it feels gross. I was at one earlier this week, and I was like, "Why are why is why is what we're offering the outlier?" Um, and there's a lot of you know neat tricky things we do that build trust uh, and connection. Um, but I always hesitate even to call SBI a conference.
0: Yeah, it's, it is more of a gathering. And, I, and there's other conferences I've been to that are very much like that. And it always leaves that lasting impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next question I have for you. I, I'm interested to get your perspective on this because it is about business. So this idea of social impact, because that's the theme of this podcast. Do you believe social impact is an important part of business?
1: I mean, yes, it's yeah, my Yeah, it's kind of a rhetorical <laughs>
0: question here, but.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think talking about, I, I think it's interesting to talk about the question of why all businesses should, should be bringing in social impact. When you look at this state that we're in environmentally, economically, particularly around economic inequality, we've gotten to this place because Businesses of the past have focused on growth it's been growth 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 at the cost of everything else, and so when you take a social impact lens into your business, yes, you can grow, yes, you can make a profit, yes, you can have a, a, make a great living, but you're doing so in a way that's not destroying the planet um and in a way that's ensuring longevity both for your organization and for us as a species, dare I say, maybe that's overstating.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think of how best to formulate this question, because it is important for businesses to do. But what do you think is holding back businesses from really adopting this idea of social impact? Mm. Uh,
1: I have a really strong point on that, at least for publicly traded organizations, uh, stakeholders and in, um, in investors. So in the States, you know, companies have an obligation to their investors to to be increasing their profits every year. And so everything else falls by the wayside. So I think there is a piece of regulation that goes into that. Um, And people are becoming more and more genuine in their desire to make social impact. I think that when we see the millennial generation and I I being a millennial, I self-identify as a millennial. I'm smack in the middle uh, of that uh, year of births. And the people who I know who are around my age, like we all care very deeply about making social impact. So I actually feel quite hopeful for the future of business.
0: Mm, Yeah. No, that's interesting that you talked about uh, just in the beginning there about stakeholders. Uh, You know, it's good to have stakeholders at the table, but sometimes they can be it's a double edged sword, right? It can be good, but it can also be bad. It can inhibit the development of new business.
1: And I think that's why when you are building a business and kind of building your board, your advisory team, your investors, when you're thinking about which angel investors you wanna invite in, or if you're going um, kind of the venture capital route, is to choose investors who share the, the same values that you do.
0: Yeah, you have to do that. Yeah, that's almost a necessity.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so great that there's so many new impact funds out there so that um, mission-driven entrepreneurs have options.
0: Mm. So let's jump to the last question. Because the last question I have is is really going to build on what we talked about, right? We went over a little bit about who you are and what you do. We talked about business and we talked about social impact. But I want to get your advice for people listening today. So what would your advice be for people listening or people who just stumble upon this podcast? What would your advice be for them to start building their own impact in the world?
1: I think it begins with considering what you deeply care about. Making social impact is, can be easier when we start with, um, with one thing. I think it's easy this day and age with how much information we have coming at us to be a little bit overwhelmed by like, oh my goodness, do I, do I want to focus on, Um, the environment? Do I want to focus on economic inequality? Do I want to focus on reconciliation? There's, there's so many challenges that it can feel overwhelming. And so I would say it may be helpful to start and think and reflect what do I care so deeply about that I'm willing to make some sacrifices for it? Um, Because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, I, you've got to have that hustle behind you. And so you sure is, (laughs) you, you better believe in it. Um, so that would be the first piece is finding that cause you care about. And piece number two is don't do it alone. I heard, I heard this from someone recently, um, do this work with other people, find allies who, who share your perspective, lean on them, um, let them lean on you and don't do it alone.
0: Yeah, so entrepreneurship doesn't work.
1: (laughs) Not entrepreneurship doesn't work, but if you're an entrepreneur, you know, have a couple other entrepreneurs who you can connect with every month or so, just like, you know, 20 minute call, be like, hey, what's going on? This is what I'm dealing with. Can I get your advice? Do you have anyone to introduce me to in this space? And, and whether it's those individual relationships or whether it's finding an organization in your community, like for instance, in Victoria, um, there's a great you know, space for, for people doing this work called the dock in Toronto, there's, um, CSI is a great place to go in Vancouver. We have radius, we have groundswell, we have spring, like there's, there's so many organizations popping up, um, that, that offer connection. Um, and and so go find your local convener and and tap into that community.
0: So Laurel, I just want to, wrap this podcast up by just saying, again, a big thank you for being with me here today. Uh, I love the approach you come from. Social impact is, you know, obviously the theme of this podcast, but it's one of the most important topics, I think, in the world today. Uh, And you're leading that really big change. So again, I just wanted to say, uh, again, a big thank you for being with me here today.
1: Thanks for having me.